0: Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker.
1: Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. It's hump day here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. It's a rainy day. It's a stormy day. Hopefully, this will pass before tonight as Louisville City takes on Montreal in a soccer match, a home match seems like it's been forever since Louisville City had a home match, and it's only fitting that the home match comes on a day where it's raining because that seems to be the only time that Louisville City will play at home is when it's raining. Uh, we're going to have Jason Enson from the Louisville Coopers to talk about that match, assuming it will be played and assuming that it won't be rained out. I know they'll play if it rains, uh, but they won't play if it's Thunderstorming and lightning, which it is doing right now. Trevor, uh, I I don't like to say this. I'm a little worried about it while I'm doing this radio show. There's uh there is some water coming into my basement. Oh, uh,
0: have you had flooding issues already with your new basement?
1: No, I haven't, which was surprising to me because we have had a ton of rain since I became a homeowner, and yep. it, the spring was very rainy, and this has probably been one of the wettest summers, maybe. Maybe in Kentucky history. I don't know. But uh, it's got to be up there, I would imagine. No, so I haven't had any rain uh, or water in my basement. So this kind of confused me because this everything just happened so fast where it started pouring outside. And in the laundry room, noticed that there was some water coming from the, from the not really even the ceiling, but just kind of from the wall. And I think I have it figured out. Uh, outside, one of my gutters needs to be fixed. It needs to be cleaned, first off, and it needs to be fixed. So there's just the stream of water that's coming out of the gutter, uh, all, through my deck, and through the deck, and it's going through the deck and against the wall, and I think it's just seeping in that way. It's not a ton of water, and I think it'd be an easy fix. I, I've put down some towels and some buckets outside, so I, I think hopefully, uh, when I looked right before the show started, it it looks like it's taken care of it at least momentarily. You need to call uh, the
0: super and get that uh, that that fixed. What do you? What's the super? you know, the, the, the super of an apartment building, you know, the guy, the maintenance guy.
1: Oh, so
0: that'd be me. Yeah. So get on that.
1: Yeah. I well When it stops raining, I'm going to, I don't think it will be a hard fix, uh, but it is, it's not fun to have,
0: are to you, have water. Are you coming. well, are you well, uh, or, do you know how to do uh, the home improvements things? Uh, are you like a Bob, uh, are you like a Tim Allen from home improvement a little bit?
1: I'm not incredibly handy where I can, put things together or fix things just like that or out of scratch. But with this, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not scared to, or afraid to get my hands dirty. So I'll be able to, this will, I'll, I'll be able to fix this cause it's just literally getting leaves out of the gutter and maybe doing a little patchwork. That's stuff I, I, I would be able to do. Uh, if I had to install a ceiling fan or something like that, I don't know if I could do that. To, to
0: quote uh, Sunday in Philadelphia, these sound like Charlie jobs.
1: Yeah, they are. Uh, but uh, saw Vacation last night. I knew there was something I, I was I wanted to say before we really got into the show. Saw Vacation. Thoughts? I really liked it.
0: You didn't think it was depressing? I really
1: enjoyed it. Did I think it was depressing? Yes. No, it wasn't like Inside Out.
0: Uh, or, or Truman Show or any other comedies.
1: Uh, no, it wasn't depressing. I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, better than, than I thought it was going to be again. Going into a movie, so much of that is just expectations. But my expectations for this weren't low, but they certainly weren't high. It was just I expected to kind of just be okay, and it was a little better than okay. I, I laughed more than I thought I was going to. I, I kind of hope, and I don't know how much of it was. Just I, I love the original vacations and kind of growing up. It, it brought me back to my childhood. So seeing these as a as an adult, I guess you could call me an adult, maybe. Uh, Seeing them as an adult just was kind of fun. It, it brought back memories. So I kind of hope they keep doing this with Ed Helms and maybe do a spinoff Christmas vacation and uh, do some other ones. I don't know if them going to Paris, uh, Not this isn't really a spoiler, but at the end when they go to Paris, I don't know if that's a, the start of a sequel, Trevor. Uh, that's the last thing I need another European vacation. <laughs> well, we know how you feel about that, but so you, enjoy- do you
0: agree though it's it's not as probably as good as vacation or Christmas, but it's on par with Vegas, like I said.
1: Um, no, I mean, I I still would probably say Vegas is better, but there, are, but I, I think this vacation can at least be in the conversation, which I didn't initially expect. Yeah. I'd still say vacation's better, and Christmas vacation, obviously, and the original vacation are all better than the remake. But it's not by an, an a wide margin or an insane margin where you go, oh, that's trash. For sequel's sake, you know, we just saw Dumb and Dumber not too long ago, and that was terrible. I still have not watched that, by the way. Is it?
0: It's terrible. I mean, I'll probably catch it when it comes on HBO or Showtime, which you think it had been on there by now, but I, I that's I won't watch it till then.
1: Yeah. So uh, speaking speaking of movies, another movie theater shooting. This time coming in Nashville. I saw that. That's uh. That's sad. The shooter is was killed, which you know I never want somebody to to be killed. But if you're going to go into a movie theater looking to light people up, I'm I'm glad he was taken care of. Also had a hatchet, which is scary.
0: I saw uh, we to, it was at a Mad Max showing. I didn't even think that
1: was in theaters anymore anywhere. I, I think the movie theater he went to was kind of like a dollar theater. Yeah, one of those ones that plays old movies um, or, yeah. or movies that aren't in the in the mainstream theaters anymore. But I, you know, I don't know really the details of if any innocent, if there were any innocent uh, victims that were that were injured. I know, I know that there was at least one injury from a from a moviegoer. But well, what's the solution here, Trevor? Uh, are we gonna have to go through metal detectors when we want to go see a movie? I, I sure hope not, and I don't think it would get
0: to that extreme. Uh, I don't know what to do other than just, I mean, just hope that people aren't completely. Insane when you go to well, here, a movie. I mean, well, you shouldn't have to go to a movie and sit there eating your popcorn and expecting to watch a comedy or watching, you know, and and, have, and be in fear for your life. I
1: mean, well, let me just, ask you, when you when the last few times you go to the movie theaters, and, and you and I both go, I, I wouldn't say we're uh, – we, we go from time to time. I've
0: gone a lot this summer, I'll say that. A lot more than I have probably in any summer in the last probably five or six years.
1: So if uh, – when you go into a movie nowadays, are you – does that cross your mind at all? No, has not yet entered my mind. Without a doubt, it. I, I think about it when I'm sitting there, and the movie's about to come on, and the lights go go off. I I don't not to a point where I want to leave the theater, or I'm starting to look around and and see if there looks like any suspicious people are in the movie theater. But I, I do think about it, and I, and I put myself in a sh- in the shoes of people that have been in a movie theater shooting, and. I, I do. It is on my mind, and that's not right. That shouldn't be the case that it's on my mind. Again, it's not keeping me from going to movies, but I would say I'm not a. It's it's in the back of my mind, which probably makes the movie experience not as as much fun for me. So, I I, I don't know if they're gonna put movie or uh, metal detectors outside of movie theaters, and you're gonna have to go to, into a movie like you're going onto an airplane. I don't. You know, you think okay, well that would help, and I'm sure it probably would. Uh, but one, that would be incredibly expensive. not that that's an excuse not to try to save lives. but then but then if somebody's crazy, Trevor, then they'll just they'll go to a mall or they'll go to uh, a sporting event, tailgate or something they'll they'll do something else. They'll find another way to be to be crazy. So that's the that's the scary thing about uh, yeah, you might be able to protect movie theaters, but you're if somebody's crazy, they're going to do what their intentions are of doing, and the location doesn't necessarily matter, uh, which is terrible. I, you know, I don't, I don't know what the solution is, but it's sad that this keeps happening. Uh, I had a text in from Derek who said he went in a movie uh, last weekend, and a guy walks up to us and was acting and looking shady, and had something under his sweatshirt and uh, he said that it kind of ruined the movie experience for him he said it turned out to be alcohol though I was going to yeah.
0: exactly what I was going to guess it was a flask or something or a bottle
1: but but it turned out it it was it was alcohol but that's not fun that you don't want to have to go to a movie that that's a form of entertainment that's the same as for some people Trevor going to a sporting event or uh, having a night out going out on the weekends you don't want to have to be able to do something that kind of takes you away from reality that you can just finally kick back relax, and have to have that on your mind.
0: If you're gonna and let it affect. You should just you shouldn't let it affect you. I mean, if this is a second time, or I guess third, if you count. I guess was the, uh, the the one with the Dark Knight thing. So, I mean, how many movies are shown daily worldwide, and three incidents have come up. I mean, what's the percentage of that? I mean, even Jim Abbott's batting average was higher than that, and he had one hand.
1: Well, yeah, it, it's I that's what you got to remember when you are in a movie theater that the odds of that actually happening are low. But the fact that it's even happening in this country, the fact that it, it could, you know, I mean, you it's hear about all probably these other- lower odds
0: than getting hit by lightning. We, I mean would you? I mean, avoid walking outside or staying away from the windows. Of, I mean, or anywhere outside if it's raining.
1: No, but when it's raining, you know that that's a threat. So are you saying that we should know that it's a threat to go to a movie theater and maybe get killed?
0: people crazy outside people with the craziestness is going on right now it's a threat any time you probably leave, leave your house
1: but you can't you can't you can't live in fear well i'm not i'm not telling people to live in fear i'm not saying that i'm living in fear but even to have it on the back of your mind trevor is not, not ideal cool. it's not ideal uh so I, again i'm it's way out of my realm to be able to offer up a solution but on a
0: more positive note uh am i correct when i say the of all the uh, scenes in vacation, the Memphis State scene might have been the best.
1: Yeah, I would say that was probably the best. Uh, the The scene with Charlie Day was hilarious. The, the
0: trucker is that his name? Oh uh, no, Charlie! No, the, the trucker. The, the the trucker scene was one of my favorites too. When they finally meet him,
1: the guy the, the from tru- the guy Yeah, from
0: Boondock Saints. <laughs>
1: yep, the, that well, and also from The Walking Dead, I would oh, say he's yeah. probably more popular. Yeah, but Boondock Saints known. is better, so. Uh, but the, the Charlie, uh, well, I haven't seen Boondock Saints, and I would probably go ahead and agree with you, just uh, to show how I feel about Walking Dead. But uh, the Charlie Day scene was great. Yeah. There, I mean, there was a lot of there, and in, in the when they when they
0: go and see Audrey, that was great. Yeah, the previews had given that one away a little bit. The only, the only, but again, like I said, the only problem I did have was it. Was it just seemed like every scene after the next, they were trying to top themselves with something more gross and more outrageous, and that. That got a little like the whole bro, the brother's thing. it kind of annoyed me after a while. Like the first 30 minutes of the brothers and their way they interacted was funny, but after like an hour of it, it got, it got kind of stale. It was like, yeah. okay, let's, let's, all right, let's move I on. I don't
1: know. I, it the, so many times in movies nowadays, kid actors ruin it. it's hard to find good kid actors where you can give them a serious role or not. I mean, I don't mean a serious role, but I mean a big role in a movie. There's there's
0: not much seriousness about a guy writing uh, something on someone else's brother. And and, and and that's why
1: not serious. I mean, a big role where they have a lot of lines. They're a a big part of the movie and they don't ruin it because it's hard to act as a kid. It's hard to be able to get in those roles. Those two kid actors did an amazing job. And also one of my best friends, his wife's name is Adina, and I've never heard anybody else named Adina, and that movie had a girl named Adina in it, which was pretty yeah. fun. Uh, well, you, you, you talked, you joked about. If I thought it was sad, I did not, but it, it kind of was sad to see Chevy Chase.
0: Well, the the only pro, the only one of the major problems. This is not a spoiler, but one thing that did kind of annoy I me. and This is coming from someone who you might be able to relate to. This is such a fan of, of of the Vacation series in itself, except for European, obviously. But we agree to disagree on. But like the. Ed Helms. There were some times where I, I I love it. I do like Ed Helms. I don't. Know, I would say I love Ed Helms, but I do enjoy Ed Helms for the most part. He there was there were certain parts of the movie where he tried to be too much like Chevy Chase's Clark Griswold character and tried to do certain things like the the blow up scene where every every anybody's ever seen a, a vacation knows that there's always that one scene where you know Clark blows up and kind of loses his temper and they're always classic. The, the original, one in Christmas and in Vacation are two, of the two of the best rants I've ever seen in cinema. But Ed Helms, he tried to do it, and just didn't. It just felt like it was. It didn't fit right. It just didn't feel right, and it didn't. It didn't really come off as funny to me.
1: It, it wasn't as good as when Chevy Chase would do it. I agree with that, but it was still, you know, I, I felt like they kind of just had to do it to be like, hey, look, you know, here here's a correlation between. Between these movies. I did like when they go into his snapshots in the, uh, early in the movie and it's showing the different
0: how it's different yeah. kids in each picture.
1: That was hilarious. Uh, DMC says the kid actors in Southpaw were great. I haven't seen that. That's that's probably next on my list to see. Uh, but it was sad to see Chevy Chase. I know he's 71, but, man, he is in rough shape. And it almost just isn't even recognizable. But.
0: He's recognizable. He's just not from the neck down. He just looks like he ate Chevy Chase from, like, the old movies.
1: Yeah, it's just. It's Beverly sad D'Angelo
0: see. still looks like good for her age. It's
1: it, yeah. It's sad to see him get old, but, uh, anyways, we're we are going to talk sports today, I promise. And and in the second segment, we're going to talk a little Louisville City because uh, that soccer team is on a tear, and they have a like I said, have a match tonight. Plenty of in, in the UK season preview today. We're going to spend some time on tight ends. Probably won't be the longest conversation we'll have. Uh, but it will be an important one. What's a lo- what's
0: a longer conversation? Your podcast breakdown of Derek Willis or our, our breakdown of tight ends?
1: I'm sure the podcast will be longer because we we actually talked about Derek Willis for probably 15 minutes, and it was not a it was not a very pleasant conversation. I can't so imagine.
0: unless you talked about his high school days,
1: no, it, it was not fun talking about Derek Willis. Tight ends it could be fun because there is some optimism there, Uh, but. Really, it's going to be us saying, well, "Well, we'll wait. We'll wait till the five o'clock hour to get into that." Uh, there is some football UK season tickets were have been mailed out today, according to reports. I've had a few people text me and send me some pictures. Uh, the presentation was pretty awesome, Trevor. Uh, they sent this box. It, it almost looked like you're getting like a new pair of shoes, and the the way that they uh, UK football marketing has really taken a step up, and this kind of goes hand in hand with. Okay, they're making the game day atmosphere at Commonwealth Stadium for the first game. They're going to have a concert. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Uh, They're they're really putting an emphasis on football and and paying attention to details uh, to really make the whole experience that much enjoyable or or, that much better. So uh, kudos to UK and and the marketing staff for being able to do that. Every little thing. I, I think they're just trying to change the culture, Trevor. And hopefully for their
0: uh their sake next year, a uh, bowl season would not require this much probably effort into bringing excitement into a season,
1: yeah, and well you're right you're 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 hundred percent right, but I think the I idea am. is... i, I well she, never mind uh, <laughs> I think the, I think the idea would be to continue to do this even if Kentucky goes to a bowl or even if they were to go three and nine. I think the idea is okay, let's put an emphasis on football win or lose let's show everybody that as an athletic program uh, we're going to we're going to change things and they it seems like they have so that's that's important that's positive um, some this these are just little touching points that we're going to get to before we go to the first break and and then talk a little soccer uh markel fultz is visiting louisville today trevor that seems uh, it seems like good news for the cards who's that again markel fultz he's a five-star shooting guard okay here, he, 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 it's so, this, this you know, I have no idea that is, long. right? No, I, I'm sure you probably don't. That doesn't right. surprise me one bit. I'm trying to Google when
0: it came up. I, I Something came like air conditioning. I think I put in volts instead of faults
1: He's a really, really talented scorer, and he's always kind of been considered behind some of these other big-name recruits in 2016, but he's blown up and shown that he can score with the best of them. Uh, but he, he used to call UK his dream school. He said that he'd always talked about wanting to get an offer from UK. When he finally did, he started talking about UK and saying we, and he was talking about winning a national title with UK, and he was just giving some quotes that he hasn't given to other schools or uh, hasn't been as positive, and he's a really well-spoken young man Speaks very highly of every school and every coach. He, he's talked about wanting to read Rick Pitino's book because he thinks it can make him a better person. He seems a wise beyond his years. But when he talked about UK, it, it looked very clear that maybe Kentucky was his leader. But now he's in the in the midst of taking some of his official visits. He's going to take official visits to Louisville. He's going to visit Arizona. I think he's going to visit Washington officially. Yeah. But he doesn't have one visit, uh, an official visit, planned to Kentucky, and it doesn't seem that he's going to. Now, he did unofficially visit UK back in early summer, late spring. Trevor, just knowing that, I know you don't know his recruitment at all, and you don't really even know who he is, but after hearing that, what do you make of that? Do you think that that's him saying, okay, I know everything I need to know about Kentucky. I don't need to take an official there. It's better to spin them at other places, or is it his way of saying maybe I'm not as interested as UK as he maybe initially led on?
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, it's if, you, if you're if you you obviously I mean you know Kentucky. I mean, I guess I, I'm looking. I'm kind of looking at his right now. I guess he went to – he goes to Dematha, which I do know. Of, obviously, I'm well aware of Dematha, and their history of producing talent. And I don't see Kentucky actually even listed on a scholarship offered to him. I see about 20 other schools.
1: Kentucky but, has offered, whether uh, or no. not it shows it on well, whatever there's site. Probably, there's probably
0: there's like 40 schools listed here for offers, so it probably they probably just ran out of room and just no. They <laughs> they have offered. Uh, but I have another – I'm looking at another site that has them at 40% chance going to Kentucky, the highest odds, uh, next to Louisville at 35%, in Arizona at 28 But, uh, that, no, I mean, it's – I don't really know the rules of the unofficial visit, the unofficial official visits, and how you can do that. I mean, I don't I okay. guess well, if, a, lot, a in lot town, you can A lot of people, a lot people don't know.
1: A lot of people don't know what, what, what the what the difference is between the two. And, and so let me take this time to, to tell you. An yeah. in, in unofficial visit is – Trevor, if you – were to go to Louisville's campus in an hour and just walk around, that would be an unofficial visit. Anytime you are visiting a campus, and you don't have to even let the school know. Anytime you're just on a campus, it's technically an unofficial visit. Now, a lot of times when a recruit goes to a campus, he'll tell the staff, and the staff will show him around a little bit, and that's, that's perfectly legal, but that's an unofficial visit. An official visit, you only get five of them. You can start taking them, I think, after uh, in, the, in the later half of your junior year, so after, after Christmas of your junior year, I, I'm pretty sure that's when you can start taking official visits. And you only get five, and that's where the athletic program or the university can pay for everything that you do, I'm sure to, a, to an extent, on campus. They can fly you out there, they'll pick you up, they'll pick you up in a limo, they'll pick you up in a cab. They'll pay for your hotel, or or they'll pay for your room and board on on campus. They'll pay for your food. They'll probably give you a cake. I think Louisville always does cookie cakes, is their thing. Uh, they'll they'll lay out the red carpet and pay for everything. So that's an cookie official visit. Are,
0: cookie cakes are Louisville thing. What's Kentucky's thing? What kind of pastry? I don't know.
1: I don't know if Kentucky has a thing. I I, I thought I remembered a, a stretch of. Recruits visiting Louisville and tweeting out pictures of cookie cakes. I'd do I,
0: I'd do an ice cream cake if I was the school, but that's
1: just no, me. No, I I I think you could do worse than that. So that's the difference between official and an unofficial. So he unofficially visited UK, but he met with the coaches, he checked out the facilities, he, he met with the players. Uh, so do you think it's you know the way I think? If you really like a school, why not go back official and an officially visit? Let it pay for let them pay for everything. And see you know if you could really fit in as a student because I get that if you visit a place once you're going to be able to formulate an opinion but you know everything can change in time Trevor you could see things that you didn't notice before so I think he probably likes Kentucky maybe Kentucky actually is his leader and, and he knows what a school has to beat so he wants to go take official visits let other schools just do their best. Uh, sh- showcase everything they've got, give them their best outline of what it'd be to be a student-athlete, and then he can measure it against Kentucky and ultimately decide what he wants to do. So I'm not taking this as a negative against Kentucky, although I have heard some rumors that he hasn't been in, in, in touch with U.K. as much as he was before he got the offer, but that's to be expected. He wanted the offer, he got it, now he can sit back and kind of let his recruitment play out. It'll be interesting to see how that plays what's, out, though.
0: What's but, your thoughts on this kid in terms of a ball player, then?
1: Uh, he's He's really good. Uh, there's, there's other people better. There's other guards better and there's other guards better that UK's after I'd put uh Raleigh Alkins in front of him. And he's and a, this kid's a
0: 16 class, right? Correct. So yeah, 16.
1: these are all 2016 guys I'm talking about. So I, I do think there's some guys that are better than him, but uh, he's really good. Yeah, he, he could be one of those scores. He kind of reminds me of a, not in terms of how they play or even the same position or, you know, maybe the same position, but he kind of reminds me of a, a Kelly Oubre who I thought was awesome, Trevor. Kelly Oubre was so good, but nobody really talked about him for whatever reason. He was kind of late to the party in terms of blowing up as a recruit. Uh, he did have Kentucky and Duke and Kansas all recruiting him, but it, all those schools kind of came in late. And then he went to Kansas and had a pretty good season and ended up getting drafted. I, I think he was a lottery pick, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it yeah, maybe, maybe was just outside the lottery. But Ended up getting drafted in the first round. Uh, he kind of the the Marquel's fault storyline is kind of going in that path where he's really flying under the radar. Although he's a tremendous athlete and an unbelievable scorer, one of the better scorers in the class. So it'd be big if Louisville could get him. We need to take a commercial break because I told Jason Ent we'd get him on at four thirty, and we're running a little late. When we come back, we're going to talk a little Louisville City FC, talk a little soccer, and when we co- uh, and we'll preview their match against Montreal. And what to look for, also what the weather's going to do for fans that are considering heading out to Slugger, like, like I am myself. Uh, so stick around, we'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Well, this is just a simple song to say what you done. I told you about all those fears.
0: You're listening to The Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. Presented by Alan Electric. And my apartment smells of rich
1: mahogany. <laughs> We're back here.
0: 1450
1: of the sports buzz on a what? Wednesday is Louisville City will take the pitch tonight against Montreal they've already beaten Montreal it's dry here in southern Indiana now though that's good I haven't looked outside the window I've been checking the radar all day it seems like we are going to get a break uh, but then there could be pop-up storms the remainder of the the evening so I hope that's not the case Uh, let's bring on from the Louisville Coopers the best support group that that follows and supports and covers Louisville City FC that's Jason Ince. Jason how's it going
2: Doing well. How about yourself?
1: Doing good. I feel like it's been a while since we've talked, but mainly because it's been a while since Louisville City's had a home match.
2: Yeah, a lot of people are uh, anxious to get out there tonight, and of course it's raining, which you know fits perfectly into the, uh, the motif we had earlier in the season. We got a reprieve from it there for about three or four weeks, so this kind of feels normal.
1: So, uh, I saw somewhere that the theme for tonight's match is beach attire.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, little Coopers are holding a beach tire night, um, first thousand people in attendance will actually get lays, um, encouraging people to wear, you know, your your beach clothing, we've got some people that are going to wear the little inflatable, uh, you know, the little things they put on the children's arms, so we've got a lot of people doing a bunch of fun stuff, you know, rain or shine, still bring the, bring the gear out and we'll have a good time with it.
1: Yeah, well, you actually might need those inflatables because of how much it's raining, just not to get swept away. Uh, and maybe some some water that could be there. Do you have any idea about the forecast? I know that you the the Coopers keep an eye on everything when it comes to Louisville City home match. Any idea what the weather's supposed to do? I'm no meteorologist. I know you're not either. But uh, any predictions?
2: Well, they're saying rain. Last uh, thing I saw was ironically rain up through about seven, and then about two hours of uh, somewhat clear skies, and then rain again at ten. So it might it might play out perfectly where we kind of get a reprieve there. Um, but you know our guys have proven they can they can play on the surface in the rain or shine, so it shouldn't really affect them too much. Hopefully it does taper off so that we can get a really good crowd out.
1: Yeah, that you know I, I'm following this team and and being a fan of this team uh, in their inaugural year, it I think they're going to be fine regardless because like you said, we've seen them play in rain probably more times than not and do just fine. And then if the weather's good they're just fine too and they're also they've won a few games in a row Jason if you hadn't heard about that but I'm more concerned about the crowd because this team does deserve a lot of fans and in the stands and Louisville as a city has done a good job of supporting this team you can always do a little bit better I think they're second in the USL Uh, so I know rain can keep people away but I'm hoping that uh, they they still get you know around 5,000 or even more tonight With that being said, like I mentioned, they've won a few games in a row. What's going right for Louisville City FC, Jason?
2: Well, I think part of it is continuity in the lineup, although tonight will be the first time um, since the uh, winning streak began that the lineup will have a change. Uh, Aiden Quinn, unfortunately, will be suspended due to accumulation of yellows, so they will have to make a change tonight. But this winning streak coincided with them coming off of those long road trips. Uh, They had the the slip-up at home against New York right after that but since then they've they've not had to travel you know midweek or anything like that it's basically a game per week they've been rested they've been energized and they're really they're really buying in and and playing well together in coach O'Connor's system uh... the relationship on the right-hand side between brian burke dean bakers and matt fondi up top is is the primary focal point of the offense and it has been lethal over these last six matches
1: yeah, it's been fun to watch and it's a you go in and, and again i i you know a lot more about soccer than i do jason but i i am relatively new to soccer but i like to think i can understand it uh, watching this Louisville city game or team throughout the season it, it feels like you know the goals are coming you, you sometimes you have to be patient for them uh, but in the in the USL because you you can't really it's tough to compare it to anything else but in the USL yeah. offensively how good is this Louisville City FC team? Is it is it maybe one of the best ones in the league? Oh,
2: absolutely. I mean, you look at the goals that they've scored. They are they're second in the league uh, in goals or second in the East, I should say, in goals scored. The only team that scored more is Pittsburgh. They've got forty two. So I mean you're looking at an average of two goals a match, which is very good for a soccer team. Um combined with the fact that they've got They've scored twenty more goals in the opposition. So it's not just that they're scoring a lot of goals, they're not leaving themselves open in the back um, like some teams to score them. They're scoring goals and they're keeping the other team off the scoreboard. That takes a very well disciplined team with a lot of a lot of cohesion and coordination to do. Coach O'Connor has you know, he's brought that four two three one high tempo attacking system from Orlando. He's implemented it and he he went out and got players that fit his system rather than just going out and finding a bunch of talented guys. And I think that's been the biggest key. He went and found guys that he that had the characteristics that he wanted to fit in the system, but also had the ethic and the work rate that he needed to make it work properly.
1: It, it seems whatever he's trying is a success. I, w- I want to talk more about Montreal. I'm going to get to that in a second and then obviously I'm going to have to ask you like I always do, the big picture question. But looking at the standings and, and I think any Louisville City FC fan and first off, let me say, just going around the city it seems like from a week to week basis you see more bumper stickers. You see more people with decals on their car. You see more people wearing shirts which is really, really cool to see as this thing grows. Uh, but Looking at the standings, and any Louisville City FC fan is going to look at the standings throughout the throughout the season. I guess they're called tables in soccer terms. Uh, Louisville's creeping up on first place in the East, Jason. What would that mean for this team in their first season in the USL, and also for their playoff for playoff hopes? What would that mean if they could catch Rochester? They're just five points behind. They've played one a, a fewer one fewer game than Rochester. Uh, what would that mean if they're able to eventually get that top spot?
2: It would, I think it would be huge. I mean, obviously, getting getting into the playoffs is the primary goal. Uh, getting a home match for the playoffs is just as important. But I think big picture, getting that first spot means that if we did, you know, go through the playoffs as they as they would normally play out, and we run into Rochester in the playoffs, we would face them at home, and we we need that match at home. Um, Rochester is an extremely disciplined team. Um, they are. A team that we drew 1-1 at home, we went on the road and did not look very good. So I think playing them at Slugger Field would be huge for us. Um, but to make the playoffs at all in the first season would, would be a big boost for the team. It would get us even more publicity, uh, not just locally but nationally, because they wouldn't be focusing on the league as a whole anymore. They'd be focusing on the teams that are still in it. And the way that this team is built, a deep run into the playoffs and maybe even the title is not out of reach.
1: Yeah, I think any soccer fan here in Louisville loves to hear you say that, and we're talking with Jason Inch from the Louisville Coopers, the biggest and best support group of Louisville City FC. Let's talk a little bit about Montreal. Louisville City went up there and, and got a comfortable 2-0 win, if I'm not mistaken, in front of like 10 fans. I remember watching that game on YouTube. Uh, but Montreal's been playing well lately, and, and despite being towards the bottom of the table, they seem to to turn over a new leaf. What should we expect in tonight's match?
2: Well, the, the match at Montreal, I mean, at that point, they had only won one match all season when we went up there, and that match wasn't a match where we went and dominated. Um, people, you know, saw the 2-0 score and thought, okay, we rolled them. One of those goals was actually a, a gifted goal where the defender passed the ball right to Matt Fondi at the top of the box, and he just buried do it. That. Um, so the rest of the match, we somewhat struggled. Um, and they have they've gotten on a bit of a run lately. They've they won three matches in a row. Um, they did just lose to Charlotte, but it seems like everybody seems to lose to Charlotte down there. Um, and then they just drew Charleston over the weekend. So, I mean, it's a match that we should win. It's a match against a team that's probably overmatched. But Montreal has shown that they can, um, you know, that they can put up a fight and they can't take anything for granted. It'll be interesting to see how the team does coming off of a road match. Um, three days ago, to see if that fatigue starts to kick back in, or if they continue to roll.
1: Yeah, that that'll certainly be something to keep an eye on. And uh, also, if I know we've we've mentioned it, if the pitch is wet, Louisville City has experience playing on a on a wet field, but that can always kind of uh, muddy up a game. No pun intended. That'll be. I'm curious to see how that how that goes. And before we let you go, Jason, and I know you're as excited as anybody for tonight's match. Give us kind of a state of Louisville City FC soccer. Where where do things stand since the last we talked? Not on the field because we know how, how good Louisville City FC has been on the pitch, but overall big picture. Are, are you all seeing the Coopers' numbers rise? Is popularity of soccer in this city uh, growing I, I know that there's nothing at least as far as I know nothing new with the MLS but is that still a realistic possibility in 2020 uh, where do things stand with a new stadium kind of touch on a few of these big picture things well as
2: you stated yourself you're seeing more and more Louisville City um, representation all around the city whether it's the the magnets on cars whether it's people wearing the shirts whether it's just people talking about it um, the the game has grown so much here over the summer. I think the the four-match homestand and the six-match winning streak have been big to pull in the casual fan, but just the experience, I can't stress enough, and, and you've been to it, you've seen what it does. It can turn somebody who knows nothing about soccer, cares nothing about soccer, into a big fan just being here. Um, it's different than watching on TV. Our membership has grown. Uh, We've had a lot of people get involved. We've had a lot of people that are bringing new fans. You yourself have done that quite a few times. So I think it sets itself up very well for the rest of the season. Big picture-wise, I think we have to continue to build on this momentum next year. And if we do so, I think it's pretty much a guaranteed certainty that we get our own soccer-specific stadium. Um, That's the first step towards any bigger aspirations in terms of MLS, in terms of um, getting that attention or getting, you know, a bigger team here. We have to get our own stadium. So the biggest thing that people can do right now to help that out is bring a friend. Come down to the match, bring a friend, bring two friends, get them involved, and get them bringing people.
1: Yep. Uh, it's kind of a grassroots movement. Uh, give me a prediction for tonight. And also, I, I don't have you remind me this enough, but if somebody wants to tailgate with the Coopers and kind of be a part of that pregame atmosphere, give them, uh, give them some information on how they can do that. And then, like I said, give me a prediction on tonight's match.
2: Yeah, you can always reach out to us at our website, Um You can also hit us up on Twitter, at Coopers. Uh, we'll be at Against the Grain both before and after the match, so feel free to swing by. Um, in fact, Against the Grain has a beer that they've brewed just for the Coopers called Ball Control, and 50 cents of every Ball Control sale tonight will go to the Derby City Rovers Foundation, which is the primary charity um, goal of the Louisville Coopers. So you know, come down, hang out with us, have a drink, and support a good cause all at the same time. In terms of the match tonight, I think... If the weather holds off, I think we could see a lot of goals, um, but but two no win would be more than enough for me. I think Matt Fondy gets yet another goal, and we sneaks one in maybe from Kadeem.
1: Yeah, that would. I think any any Louisville City FC fan uh, would be okay with that. All right, Jason, I'll see you out there tonight. Thanks for coming on, and uh, as always, I appreciate your time.
2: Thanks for having me on. We'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, I'll see you. That's Jason Ince, Louisville Coopers. Some good information there. We're going to head to a commercial break. When we come back, now there's some college basketball news, which is strange to have this time of the year. But uh, on a Kentucky-themed show, you know we're going to talk about it. So we'll, we'll talk about that when we come from the break. Five o'clock hour, we'll preview UK's tight ends. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports bus. It's a 5 I shouldn't have smoked so much weed I shouldn't have done so much blow Oh, don't you know sometimes oh, Don't you know sometimes That's how I Lord chose not to bless me with with charm, athletic ability, or a fully functional brain.
0: We're back
1: to the sports bars. Trevor, it's August 5th, I'm, I think I have to sneeze, so that's why, I, oh, here it comes. <laughs> How about that?
0: Best radio you've done in months.
1: Good timing, too. Right when we get back from the break, I, I felt it coming like a minute ago, and I kept putting it off and thinking I could get get away with not having to worry about it, uh, but there it goes, and, I, and I'm not going to guarantee I won't have another one, Trevor. You, are you a g- multiple sneezer? Generally, I am. So that's why this is kind of weird that, I've, that, I'm, that I'm doing okay right now. Huh. Yeah, you, I, I'll, I'll go three or four deep. <laughs> I've been known to go six or seven. Can you keep your eyes open when you sneeze? No, because it's impossible. Is it humanly impossible? I think it is. Is it just a wise tale? It, I think it's humanly impossible. Now, is it a wise tale that your heart stops when you sneeze? I have never even heard that one, actually. That's why people supposedly say God bless you is because your heart stops, so you technically could die from sneezing. Now, I, see, I see,
0: when people mostly sneeze, I, I usually just I do the Seinfeld right. I say you are so – well,
1: okay. I don't get it. But it's August 5th before I was so rudely interrupted by my body. Uh, August 5th, so what better time than to talk preseason basketball rankings, Trevor?
0: They're never a bad time to talk preseason basketball rankings.
1: So ESPN came out with their not too early preseason top twenty-five, and even
0: though they're not too early, was they're like the fifth part, fifth website to put out their top twenty-five for next year already. So
1: well, a lot of I guess like technically they're
0: of, not too early. They're just they're too late behind the everyone else though.
1: Well, no, they they did one back in April like everybody else.
0: Oh, okay, I don't. So
1: people that. did them back in April, and then now you're going to get a new cycle of them going on in August. Uh, so. Maryland, number one, according to ESPN. UNC, number two. Kentucky, number three. Virginia, four. Kansas, five. Louisville, not ranked. Duke, number six. Uh, You had Indiana, number 14. California with Jalen Brown and Ivan Rabb. They come in at number 12. You had uh, a few SEC teams. Vandy at 18. LSU at 22. uh, Obviously, with Ben Simmons and Antonio Blakeney. Wisconsin comes in at number twenty-four, another SEC team with Texas A&M rounding out the top twenty-five. And like I said again, no Louisville. Trevor, what do you what do you may I just threw a lot at you. Give me something back. Uh,
0: well, the Louisville one doesn't bother me. The Louisville's got enough question marks. Maybe I, I think it's maybe a little premature to say they're not at least a top twenty-five team. I mean, if you want to say they're in the in the twenties, I'm not really going to be uh, heartbroken or upset about that. Uh, Maryland number one seems like a uh, kind of Cajonas like uh, prediction. I mean, I, I know Maryland obviously has got Melo Trimble coming back and company, and they added Diamond Stone, and they're looking to be probably one of the better Maryland teams they've had since their Final Four championship runs of the early two thousands. But uh, to put them number one right away it seems that seems like a little bit of a stretch to me.
1: I agree a hundred percent, and that's really. The only thing that, re- I, again, I would have Kentucky number one, not because I'm biased, but I mean, because I, I Maryland I is a top think, ten team, right? I mean, we can they agree are to that. top ten. Team. Yes, they are. I I don't get the Maryland love for being a national title frontrunner. Again, I do think they're going to be really good, and I think it's it's fair to say, yeah, they they likely will be a top ten team, and I do like Melo Trimble. Uh, but this was a team that wasn't all that great last year and everybody wants to say, well, they're returning a lot of pieces. Well, they are missing some significant pieces, but they're returning a lot of pieces from a team that didn't even make the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, and they're adding Diamond Stone, which is a nice addition, and and Rashid Suleiman, who, again, that's, 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 that's a nice addition as well, but I don't think that gives you enough to make you the best team in the country, especially with your returning pieces that, in my opinion, aren't... Or, or again Mello Trimble's really good. But besides that, there's nothing really that jumps out of me that says, "Oh yeah, they're great." And Diamond Stone, if I had to pick a player, uh, maybe a top 15, 20 player that I felt was the most overrated out of out of the recruiting circles, I would say it was probably him. He played on the Under Armour circuit, that's why he's ending up at Maryland because he played on the Under Armour circuit and didn't play against great competition. And whenever he did play against great competition, he wasn't convincing for for being a, a dominant player. So, and you know, I I think he'll have a a solid college career. It will likely be one year and I I think he'll have a a decent season. But and he'll get better as the season goes on, but to throw him on a team that you're saying, "Okay, he has to be the starter. He has to be the the guy that that gets things done in the paint." I think that's kind of risky for for a player of diamond stones caliber, so I, I do have a major problem with Number one, I'm okay with with UNC number one if they wanted to go that route. I'm okay with UNC number two. I'm okay with UK being behind UNC if you want to make that case. I would have Kentucky above them. Uh, Virginia at four is okay with me. Kansas at five. Virginia, I you, wonder. I, I,
0: I just wonder because losing Justin Anderson, I, I'm I'm just defensively will Virginia be as good as last year? Probably, I mean, not as good defensively. Probably in the same level. Of course, Tony Bennett does a good job of coaching defense anyway. But offensively, when they didn't have Justin Anderson last year, they just were not the same team. And I mean, how do they how do they rebuild from that and move on now to to improve offensively without him coming in? that there was a recruit that they signed that I just completely missed.
1: Yeah, it, it, but I mean, even at times last year, they looked like a top five team with with not being very good offensively and with having a stellar defense. So losing Justin Anderson, I don't think will make them better, but having everybody back, pretty much everybody besides that, back, I still think they're probably in the discussion for a top-five team. No, I, I'm okay.
0: I agree. They're not, I'm, I'm not saying they don't belong in the discussion. I'm just saying that, that I, I have concerns for them. And
1: Kansas at five, I'm okay with, but if they don't have Check Diallo – which right now he has not been cleared by the NCAA. And and, and Trevor, everybody wants to say, well, has Scal been cleared by the NCAA? What about Labissia? <laughs> uh, have we heard anything on him? Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, Check Diallo on Kansas hasn't been cleared by the NCAA to attend college. Uh, you, don't have co- you, you don't have the NCAA saying, okay, he's... How is he's, that possible? I, I was able to attend college. Uh, well, because he maybe went to a high school or a prep school that was just not made up, but the classes weren't accredited, and it doesn't translate over to college credit. Maybe his test scores are bad. Uh, by all accounts, I've heard he's an okay student, but if the school isn't isn't a legitimate school, Trevor, uh, then you then yeah, that's gonna raise some eyebrows at the NCAA. I, mean, I went and, to
0: Wagner. That's barely a school.
1: And, and Jay Billis with his. NCAA torches and pitchforks going after them again said it's not the NCAA's job to to look into a, a player's schoolwork, high school schoolwork. That should be on the on the universities and institutions. Like you wouldn't get so many schools to to cook the numbers, to fudge the numbers, so players would be eligible. Give me a break. The NCAA has to look over that stuff. Jay Billis is out of his element. Now, I,
0: I like Again. Jay Billis normally, but the, how is it not the NCAA's job to govern what a, what a, what an individual does in high school to see if they're, they are they should be allowed to play in college? I mean, that's academics. That's what the NCAA is, isn't it? I mean,
1: Exactly. Exactly. And they need I'm to look in to make curious. sure that the players are it, – it's just typical Jay Billis looking for something to complain about. And, and bitch and moan about with the NCAA. I, 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 You're I,
0: not a Jay Billis guy. I, I'm not, starting
1: when he talks basketball, I love it. When he talks X's and O's, he does good interviews with coaches because he knows what he's talking when about. he does young Jeezy tweets, you love it? No, I hate that too. That's, <laughs> that's obnoxious and old. But man, when he wants to talk the NCAA, I, I can't stand him. I can't stand him for a second because he obviously – has made up his mind about the NCAA, and he's never going to change it And anything. He's always just going to blame the NCAA for stuff that has nothing to do with the NCAA. So.
0: More often than not, he's in that group of people that it does annoy me as well. And I, I like Jay Billis. I, I really don't have a problem with him in any way, even when he does this type of things. But he does fall into that group of people that want to say what's so wrong about the NCAA, but we'll get, on the other hand, will give exactly. you no answers how to fix it. Exactly. Oh, well, this is so that, wrong. This needs to be fixed. This needs to be done. We need to change this. Well, what, how do we do it? I don't know. That's not my idea. I just want it done. Well, you, you can't, yep. They can't have that. You can't have your cake and eat it too.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I, I've been saying that for some time. And Captain Arctic says, the list is further visual evidence that next year is wide open. No one on there that scares me. And if you're a Kentucky fan, I think that should be the case. Now, if, I, I do think Kentucky, UNC, Duke... I, I think those are going to be big players come March. Uh Indiana's going to, you know, I'm not a huge Indiana fan, Trevor, but they're going to have a fun team that's going to be able to score a lot. Finally, they're going to get some help inside. Uh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yogi Ferrell
0: is going to be the biggest key of that team.
1: No, without a doubt. I, I'm curious about some of these Teams that generally don't get good recruits. I want to see how these coaches can handle them. I want, I want to see what Quanzo Martin at Cal can do with Jalen Brown and Ivan Rab. They're going to be a fun team to watch. I want to see what LSU can do because they, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't trust uh, Johnny Jones, not the coach down there, for a second. LSU, yeah, it's his coach. Yeah, I, I don't trust him for a second with talent, but he's going to have uh, kind, kind of the team. Mac
0: Brown of college basketball right now. Without the title yet.
1: He could he could potentially have Ben Simmons, who could be the number one pick in the draft, Antonio Blankney, who could potentially be a lottery pick. I'm curious what they're going to do. The SEC is going to be more fun just from a uh, from a night-in, night-out basis. You're going to have better players. Now, again, from top to bottom, the teams, the, the conference won't be drastically improved. But you are going to have star players kind of spread out throughout the league, and, and that will be entertaining to watch. So it's it's fun to see this top 25 list. I don't agree. I think I would have Louisville somewhere in the top 25. It's weird seeing Wisconsin so far back because they are returning some pieces. Obviously, losing Kaminsky and Decker is going to hurt, but they're going to have Nigel Hayes. Uh, in, they also in, lost Jackson, who I don't miss a lot of games last year, but was kind, yeah, of, but on, yeah, yeah.
0: Was kind of a leader on the team.
1: Uh, but it will be uh, the, the Michigan State comes in at 19. Uh, I think Vanderbilt's going to be a lot improved. They have them ranked. Uh, it, it, we needed and They're also the ESPN also came out the bracketology today. What we're going going to need to touch on, uh, and we will. We're going to head to commercial break now. Though when we come back, we're going to turn our attentions to UK's tight ends, uh, which basically the last eight years we could play the same. We could play the same soundbite of us just talking about nothing and that would be the production of U.K.'s tight end positions over that time. Uh, nothing going for that position. Is this the year that it changes? Stick around on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. All we go where it stops, Nobody knows yeah. Side
2: to side, baby Back and
0: forth God above enough
1: You're listening to The Sports
0: Talker with T.J. Walker.
2: But, see, the point is, lately, the only women he
0: wants are ugly. Who says they're ugly? Bausch Loam. Presented by Alan Electric. Haven't you ever heard the phrase that beauty
2: is in the eye of the beholder? Yeah. Did you ever hear the song, Who Let the Dogs Out?
1: We're back here at 1450, the Sports Buzz. Today, Trevor, as we break down position by position, the season outlook for Kentucky football, we'll spend some time talking about Kentucky's tight ends. Let's get into it. Disarmed, ready to throw
2: about 2,000 yards next fall.
0: Deep right side, line, got him in. And let me tell
2: you what, you're looking good. (laughs)
0: Floats it up the far sideline, catch made, Javis blue across the 45, gets the block, cuts left at the 50, look out, he's across the 30, he's across the 20, he's across the 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky.
2: 13 starters coming back, 22 little men. Kemp straight ahead, touchdown, Kentucky.
0: Looking tough.
2: His squad is in the house!
0: Steps up in the pocket, slides right at the 10, sack! Darius Smith. Let's open up the whole can of kick ass and kill them all. Let the paramedics
2: sort them out. Yeah.
1: Thomas throws far side. Intercepted!
2: Uh-oh. Down the far sideline. It's Marcus McWilson. Pick six. Touchdown Kentucky.
1: Back here. Previewing tight ends, that sounds good. Uh, I, I I love it, Trevor. You're you're the best at putting those things together.
0: Couldn't find you a tight end clip though. Sorry. The, only, the uh, closest t- I could come to was maybe the uh, the infamous uh, episode of Coach where uh, they talked a lot about the tight end position that was uh, eventually uh, taken off the show.
1: Well, one thing that other uh, that popped out was Tom Leach's call of Chavis Blue's touchdown. I think it was Blue. Uh, was very melancholy it was not he, he, he was not his normal leech self there uh but I, I i'm not surprised you couldn't find a highlight of a uk tight end uh, unless you went back to 2017 when jacob tammy caught 56 passes for 620 yards and six touchdowns well, if i went
0: back to 2017 i'd be going into the future
1: 2007 okay <laughs> 2007 i thought i said that but whatever uh so that was a good year for a Kentucky tight end. Since then, the, the fun story to do, Trevor, would be to add up all of UK tight end total numbers since then and compare it to Jacob Tammy's one year's number. It, it's gotten significantly past that, believe it or not, uh, because Kentucky hasn't had really tight end, so it actually kind of is hard to believe. But the average for a UK tight end is uh, 21 catches, 238 yards, and a, a little over a touchdown average. Ah, uh, per season, so not not good. And last fall, there was just seven catches by tight end and sixty-two yards, and they failed to get a touchdown. So the tight end position's been a black hole for guys. and that needs to change for any successful offense, especially one that wants to utilize the tight end position across the middle of the field. Uh, and it, you ask any quarterback having a, a pass-catching tight end at times can be their best friend because it can really make life difficult for a defense. And I think it was a week ago, Trevor, maybe two weeks ago, I was talking about how when teams would play Kentucky late in the season, it didn't seem like the defenses were challenged. It seemed like it was almost easy for them in their coverages to, to, to keep things simple and still have success against UK's offense. I think a large part of that is because of the lack of production from tight end. So what has to change? Well, they need somebody to step up. Uh, Who will that be? There is no no tight end on UK's roster that caught a pass last year. But you do have some options, and that hasn't always been the case with UK at this position. Uh, You've got Daryl Long, who, you know, he was a big recruit. UK was able to get him. Uh, but We'll we'll see out of him. But C.J. Conrad is the one that everybody's turning their attention to he was a four-star. He picked Kentucky. He had offers from a lot of the big boys. Uh, could have gone to a lot of other schools. Ohio State was certainly interested late in C.J. Conrad, uh, but he stuck with Kentucky. He's 6'5", uh, 240. He's a big guy. He's got to be the option here, and I and I think he can be, assuming that he's healthy. He did have to have a, a sports hernia surgery at the end of, of spring ball, but He's got to be, even as a freshman, he's got to come in and have some production because it's just been ridiculous how bad Kentucky's been at this position over the past few years.
0: It's not even the last few years. I mean, really, as you mentioned, Tammy, I brought up James Whalen yesterday who had the one season as an All-American 99. Other than those two guys, I mean, you're hard-pressed to find a Titan that did anything that would make you even yawn over the last probably 25 to 30 years kentucky i mean those are just two very i mean examples so clearly they only come around once every decade i mean it's like a haley's comet effect in terms of tight ends if i if i'm kentucky i mean you're not expecting any like you said last year you your best tight end which was sadly your best tight end was steve borden who was more probably known for being the son of sting the wrestler than his four catches for 33 yards and and the fact that he didn't even have a touchdown if, if you're a Kentucky tight end, do you have to be impactful in terms of receptions? It could be helpful, as you mentioned. I mean, they've got size at the wide receivers we talked about yesterday with guys like Baker and Boehm that bring nice size in there. But Kentucky's never been one to utilize a tight end in offense in general. I mean, and maybe it's the fact that they haven't had it and haven't had the think I think it is the fact they haven't utilized it. it. But if they do do – if one thing – I mean, if, if if even if they're not impactful in terms of the stats and you look over the numbers in the, the year and you go – Oh, well, their leading tight end guy only had maybe six catches. If anything, maybe if they, they can be effective in terms of their blocking abilities in the run game and helping this run game progress and be better and take a lot more pressure off tolls and take pressure off the wide receivers in that way, then it's it, it's a positive. And Kentucky has had, as I mentioned, two tight ends. You said this kid's Conrad, kid, a four-star. It makes me think of the last time Kentucky had a high recruit that came in that was a tight end off the top of my head it was probably Bobby Blizzard, who was a four-star, I believe, too. When he came into tight end Kentucky, and didn't really pan out. I think he ended up transferring to North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, and, or ended up transferring somewhere else. And, but he bounced around. I think he came back to Kentucky as a coach or at some point. But uh, just they just never really don't have that history. I mean, they, they don't. And if these guys, they don't have to be as effective, especially being young. I mean, I'm looking at a depth chart now, and it's freshman, redshirt, freshman, and sophomore in terms of tight ends of Kentucky. at Kentucky. That's your site, by the way. I'm looking at little props to rivals. Uh, and <laughs> it's the most up-to-date one that I can find online. Uh, and more we'll props to you. And, and, and like I said, if they're not even effective in the stats, at least be effective in terms of their ability to keep pressure and keep blindside blockers off of guys like Patrick Toles, especially if JoJo jo Kemp and I hasn't picked up the, the M.O. yet on how to pick up a third down block.
1: Well, if, what you mentioned early on was – is it that big of a part of Kentucky's offense? I think they want it to be, and there just hasn't been anybody. And, and Daryl Long is an interesting prospect because he's got the body that you want of a tight end. He's six foot four, two hundred and forty-five pounds, similar to CJ Conrad, a, a little bit shorter, but but just as muscular uh, and big and in, in, in their frame. But here's the thing that worries me about Long, and that's why I'm going to spend the majority of this segment talking about CJ Conrad. Is if he was, and again, I know coming being a freshman in high school and transitioning to college is the biggest gap of any sport anywhere. There is a major difference of competition in college as a football player, an older football player from a younger football player than any other sport. Basketball freshmen can come in and dominate, and that is common. We've seen it happen uh, for decades now, and... We've seen it happen a lot. Uh, football, it's rare. It can happen, so I can understand Daryl Long redshirting and not being a, play, having a significant role. But it does raise some questions, Trevor. With UK having really no great options at tight in last year, don't you think if Daryl Long was semi-competitive, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be too hard on him. I mean, semi-competitive is, is kind of rude. But don't you think if he could contribute? In some way last year, they would have burned the red shirt and used him? Yeah, if he could, but apparently the coaching staff felt he couldn't. I mean, I would think yeah. if They think
0: if they if they watch him best. I mean, they see that he could be an uh, not even an impact, but contribute as you mentioned in some way and anyway, I mean, even if it's not something that shows up on stat sheets and doesn't even get picked up by people who watch the you know the average fan. Like I mentioned, things like just being able to help the running game, being almost more of an additional offensive lineman, especially when you're talking about the size of the tight ends that Kentucky has on his roster. I mean, you're talking about three guys that are 240 and above. That's – in college, you don't have to – the tight end position somewhat changed over the last couple of years to being a more finesse position. I mean, you look at guys, obviously, guys like Gates and Jeremy Shockey, and Jeremy Shockey a little older back, but I was going to say – uh Jimmy yeah, Graham? Jimmy Graham, thank you. That's the name I was trying to think of. You were thinking uh,
1: of another white tight end. Yeah,
0: goofy, wrong, goofy, long-haired white dude, yeah. Playing tight end. But both of them, while they're probably more around the 240 now, I mean, they were probably a little slender coming in. Louisville, Louisville looking at some tight ends. I mean, they. it's not uncommon to have a 220 tight end. I mean, hell, Blake Bone at 6'5", 20, he puts on 10 pounds. He can be a tight end in college.
1: Well, I don't think you have to be slimmer to be a tight end in college. And I actually would say – The bigger, the better, especially if you want to have your tight end. It it depends what kind of scheme
0: you want. want. Yeah, Yeah. if you're going to use a tight end as a receiver, and Louisville uses more receptions from their tight ends, you see a lot of times Louisville will have some more slender tight ends, and they've been more obviously more successful with the tight end position over the last ten years than Kentucky has. They've been pretty. I think they've been a pretty good job of producing tight ends in general. Not you know obviously NFL all the way around, but still some some have come out there. Pacino does a good job of it. But a lot of them, I mean, if you're going to go with a bigger tight end, then you're probably going to look for a blocker. And if you're a freshman, I mean, it's hard to, that's that's a hard thing to pick up as a freshman is, is blocking schemes. Especially, that's why, yeah, you, and that's why a lot, lot of tight offensive ends, offensive linemen.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. that's why a lot of tight end in their freshman year do redshirt like Long did. The only reason, and I'm not holding that against them, I'm just saying there was, Kentucky needed somebody there. <laughs> and, and Kentucky has not been scared to throw freshmen into the fire. And I just, I feel that if Long was ready for that last year, they would have done that, and he wasn't, and that's okay, but it, it makes me question what kind of production he's going to have this upcoming year. So it, it does lead me to believe that C.J. Conrad needs to be the guy for Kentucky, and he may need to be the guy from day one. They, You know, I, I, I know this is just the, the, the football outsider in me, Trevor, saying this. Uh, they obviously need some tight ends that are going to be able to hold their own and block, but I feel it's much more important for this offense to finally have Uh, a a tight end that is a threat in the passing game. He doesn't have to lead UK in receptions. He doesn't need to even lead UK in in touchdowns in the red zone like you will see some tight ends do at, at certain programs. But they just have to be an option. They have to be consistently catching passes in games they can't they can't go a few games without receptions like UK football has had in the past so I I do think CJ Conrad can be that guy even in a year one maybe you do lose a little bit blocking if you have him in maybe you switch in Daryl Long who's a a bit bigger and let him block if you you know you kind of be tipping your hat to what your play calls are but they need to have somebody that's going to be able to catch the ball, help move the chains, and make this offense easier for for Patrick Tolles. We've talked the last few days. Yesterday we talked wide receivers and we said who's going to step up. Uh, there's so many options. It could be anybody, and I think both of us, me specifically, felt good about it being somebody. Although we might not have not been able to pick out names. Uh, I, 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 I gave a wild card for who I think could have a really good year. We both said that Timmins needs to be a leader in some capacity, but we felt comfortable about UK's depth of that position. Well, they don't have the same depth at the tight end position, and they don't have the there isn't the same certainty that somebody's going to be able to do because, like we've said, history tells us that won't be the case. But they need to do that. They can make this offense, they can take it up a notch from a good offense to a great offense if you can have everybody on the field as a weapon, uh, no weaknesses like the tight end position has been for UK uh, for so many years now.
0: And I and I don't know. I had I was kind of looking through the. Stoops to see if I could think of any tight ends he's used that were effective in his over of course he was defensive coordinator, and i 'm looking just through his history of offenses I mean at Miami, obviously had good tight end play in two thousand one through three when he was their defensive back coach, but I mean it just it all depends on what kind of offense you want to run and if you're going to play a more wide open offense, you would expect your tight end to yes be more catch friendly and be more a guy that can they can go out and not necessarily block but catch balls, but if you're going to run that kind of spread offense anyway then in that case then there's no even reason to using a tight end you can put a guy like a bone or a baker who's 6'5 210 pounds at that position and let him run the routes and let him go one-on-one with the linebacker instead of worrying about a tight end especially when you when a lot of times in those spread offenses that you are going to run you're going to run an air raid like offense i'd say Kentucky's going to run an air raid offense but a more wide open attack tight ends are almost always used only for a blocking or b red zone a red zone attack red zone catches and if you got two six five wide, wide receivers well you don't need red zone catches from your tight end
1: well, we'll see what Shannon Dawson prefers and, and what exactly he's going to need. But, um, you know, even even if he wants to run a style that isn't as tight end friendly, they need to have the option. Uh, any offense, any good offense is going to have that option. Kentucky finally needs to have it again. And maybe we're in a position where next year we're saying, okay, uh, Conrad showed promise. He, he kind of flipped the script on UK tight ends. He didn't have a Jacob Tammy-like year. But he, he was productive. There was a lot to like there. Maybe his sophomore year is the one where he he takes a huge step. And I think that's probably the most likely case. But even that is literally a step in the right direction. So uh, we'll see. And, and we'll close the books on tight ends. Tomorrow we're going to talk offensive line. That's another interesting position for Kentucky. Uh, all of them are. Because there's not one certainty where you say, okay, UK is going to be set here. They're going to be really good. Kentucky fans don't need to to have any concern over this position. It's it's just not the case. But that being said, there there is some promise with the offensive line too, and we'll talk about those guys tomorrow. The big uglies. So we've we've got five minutes left of the show.
0: Well, how many tight ends Kentucky fans could name over the last twenty years?
1: Man, well, I mean, I mean, are, I,
0: I named three for you. I mean,
1: there's been plenty of of bust along the lines. It, it just can. Kentucky fans remember those busts, and I've told the story on here about another UK tight end bust, uh, Alex Smith. Do you? Re- you I probably. Do, yeah, remember I remember Alex Smith. Yeah, you do remember yeah, Alex he Smith. Was, he was
0: like a four-star recruit coming in too, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, he was. If I'm not mistaken, he was. Uh, he was. He was big. He had everything you wanted in a football player body. Uh, I played him in an intramural basketball game, and we both got technicals, guarding. I had to guard him, and we both got technicals and and threatened to get, be kicked out of the game because we were being too physical with one another. Uh, it it kind of makes me happy that I, I was in that game, same conversation with a, just a huge, huge guy.
0: I'm sorry, I got slightly distracted by Nick doing his push-ups pre-ritual show.
1: Yeah, it's crazy that he does that. He just walked in here, did his,
0: did his push-ups, and then walked by, gave me a high-five and walked out.
1: Yeah, I do, right. I, do,
0: I do. I do. I do. I did. I did catch the fact that you apparently got into a technical a double technical with a with a man who was a collegiate tight end. You've got some cojones doing that. Yeah, he
1: was kind of being a jerk, and also he shouldn't have. I'm assuming he's he happier. He's double your size, I would think. He shouldn't have been playing at. Uh, he he's 6'5", 250. Yeah, I remember he he's being a been, big guy. He shouldn't have been playing. Uh, he shouldn't have been playing intramural basketball because athletes on scholarship aren't supposed to, but that's here either, either neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, that's
0: like it affected him on the field.
1: I, I don't know if Kentucky fans will be able to uh, mention all that, uh, be able to bring up all those tight ends. Uh, I wanted to talk bracketology. We'll save that for tomorrow. Cause that's, that's interesting in itself. Uh, there's some tweets I didn't get to, and I, I, I apologize for that. We are running out of time on the show. Trevor, are you gonna make your way down to Slugger Field for the big soccer match tonight?
0: Uh no, I've got uh you can listen to me though, as I'll be on these airwaves until as late as ten o'clock tonight. So you can listen to me as you're driving there. So since I'm here till ten o'clock, I'll uh, I'll probably be setting home after work.
1: Oh, well that's a that's a bummer. I'm just hoping this rain goes gets a, goes away so I can I can go down and tailgate, have a uh, play some cornhole. I've got a, a cigar that I've been wanting to smoke, Trevor. I I really am rooting for this rain to stay away.
0: I can't I can't picture you with a cigar. You, you just don't seem like anybody that would smoke it in, in, in any way.
1: Never, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, but I do love cigars. See, I'm weird. I I smoke cigarettes. I love the smell of
0: cigars, but I hate smoking them. The only time I've smoked Ooh. a cigar is in is rubbing at a victory in in a, in a uh, Kentucky fan's face, and they've done the, it to me vice versa. So don't don't feel bad.
1: The, well, I, I don't I don't care either I way. The the <laughs> the latest radar is looking very promising. So that is making me very happy. Uh, so we'll see, but no, there, I, I, I love cigars after a team wins of mine, but now uh, sadly, I mean, I know they're not good for you. I've, I've kind of transitioned into in, where I like to smoke probably one a week, which again, probably <laughs> not, not bad. I, you know, funny while we're on the subject, a funny thing is if I smoke a cigar and I'm playing golf and I love playing golf and I, I I've been probably averaging one round, a week per summer, which is the most I've, I've played. If you average it out, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not great. I can hold my own. Uh, I, I can drink on the course. I do fine. It doesn't change anything. Uh, there's back in college, I would probably drink too much on the course and there, w- there wouldn't be an issue. If I smoke a cigar, Trevor, my game falls apart, falls yeah. apart. It, it, like if, like I can't even explain it like modern day tiger woods, everything just collapses.
0: Just from a cigar?
1: Yes, it like- it's. Cr- I don't get it. I don't. It's not like my mindset changes. It's not like you know. You don't get a buzz from a cigar or anything like that. I just my body kind of gets too loose, and I I play terrible.
0: <laughs> That's I've never heard that. I mean, I guess. I mean, it's you can give you to uh, the tobacco if not used to in your bloodstream can give you kind of a buzz that would maybe cause but you it, to. But
1: it's, it's not a buzz. It's just it's kind of. I, I just get too comfortable, and my body just kind of. Goes to meltdown mode. I don't know. Uh, I've had some friends give me cigars on the golf course just to just knowing that it's going to screw me up.
0: <laughs>
1: it's smart. It works every time. I was playing match play against a buddy for twenty bucks, and I was up three after five. So we had four holes to play. He beat me straight up. We didn't tie. He beat me.
2: We and went into the you, last and four blame holes the cigar.
1: Of three. And I absolutely hundred percent blame the cigar. Uh not my game, because I'm I'm solid. We're out of time. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow we're gonna preview tight ends. Louisville City game tonight. Now, today we'll talk was tight ends. Tomorrow's
0: offensive line. Wrong or, wrong big Today goes.
1: was tight ends. Tomorrow offensive line. I'm I, who knows? Maybe I'm smoking a cigar right now and everything's falling apart. We'll see you tomorrow, fourteen fifty the sports bus.
2: They say, welcome to the 502. Take a Georgia boy, show them how Kentucky do. Oprah Priest, classics, paint Kentucky blue. They say, don't forget to seven, no, be hitting two. Song call it blue, grass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home. Take a shot of trone. Lay back in the left and take two to the dome. Rhyme from the bill to be G in my zone. Let me hear you say, high time, sitting by the river. Got my old shotgun, fishing pole in my liquor. Cause people always trying to tell me how to run my life when they say I'm doing